0: Agents Podcast.
1: This episode of the Lab Code Agents Podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high-quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre-foreclosures, and geo leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all-in-one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With Red X, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. Red X is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash lca. That's red forward slash lca to sign up for Red X today. Okay, Lab Code Nation, welcome back for another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And today I bring you a genius. Uh, I say that uh, very uh, intentionally and somewhat loosely because we've gotten to know each other very recently through a a, a summit, I guess, a, a, a online event which was called the Sales and Marketing Summit. And this gentleman is like a lead gen guru. He's a scientist, he's a savant, all of those things. He is the co-founder of the Real Estate Nexus and the head of growth for the Realty Home Advisors Brokerage. He is somebody you want to know in the real estate space. And we're going to talk a lot about why today. Welcome to
0: the show, Mr. Isaiah Colton. Thanks, Jeff. It's awesome, awesome to be on here. Thank you for speaking at uh, at our sales and marketing summit. It was freaking awesome. We had four thousand registrants, and you, you, we got great feedback from your speech. Uh, so thanks a lot.
1: I appreciate that, man. And and let me just say this, and we'll get into this because I want to, you, you to introduce yourself first. But he said four thousand attendees to a digital online event, which we all know in the real estate space has become extremely diluted. There's an event like every other day now yeah. uh, since COVID and to get 4,000 registrants, to get 4,000 participants is insanity, which is a testament to what he's so great at. And we're gonna talk more about that, but Isaiah first, uh, let's assume most of our audience has no idea who you are. So yeah. you know, how'd you get started in real estate and how'd you come up in the business to where you are today?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to try to keep tell the short version, but uh, basically in 14, in 14, I got an itch to go out on my own. I was the VP of sales and marketing for a startup, uh, an online marketing company. And uh, so I had, a lear- I had a great learning experience there. We, we grew that startup to one of the fastest growing companies in, in the country with the Inc. 500 within about five years. And so I had a lot of passion to bring some of the things that I've learned to real estate. And, um, so I, my wife actually, and I just had a baby and I came home one day and I said, honey, I want to leave my job and I want to go partner with my, with my buddy here and start up a brokerage. And she pretty much looked at me like I was nuts and crazy. Cause you no, know, we were doing well for ourselves, We had bills, you know, and, uh, the kid on the way and she's like, no, it's not going to happen. And, and I, and I said, look, how, how long will you give me? Give me, just put put a time frame on it. How long will you give me to to pull it off? I can always go back. I'm I'm very skilled. I can always go find something in in the corporate America. And so we agreed to a six month window basically is all I had. I had a six month window to go out and and, and make it happen. And so uh, we had a, 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 I had a partner, his name was Mark Picoretto at the time. And my goal, my role was basically sales and marketing operations. And I had to feed the beast. I had to go out and and find ways to make sure Mark went on as many listing appointments as possible. And I went with him sometimes too. We would tag team them and we developed a little team of three or four people within a, a short period of time. And um I, it was an enlightening experience to say the least, because obviously when you're dealing with a consumer, most of my experience was B2B and that we were doing with consumers. So it was a little bit of a different shift. And we started out, you know, getting excited about lead generation. So we went out and signed up to all these, you know, different lead generation companies and I thought that was gonna help us scale and get to where we needed to go. And next thing you know, I'm looking at a $10,000 bill and I'm like, wait a second, this isn't just the only answer. I actually have, to, we have to do other things too, right? And and so I got hyper-focused on on lead follow-up and lead conversion and try to fill in that gap and make sure that the client experience was kind of at the forefront of that process early on. And we, we developed a, a really strong follow-up component and uh, started off with me kind of playing the isa team team leader role i was a hybrid at that time and we started crushing it we i just was booking appointment after appointment after appointment and literally going out of four or five appointments a day uh with with our little team there and then next thing you know in our first year we did 170 transactions and and we just blew it up and what happened was is we got the attention and people were like wait a second like what is this ISA model? Now this is 14, ISA model was already around, right? But it wasn't quite as popular as it is today. And so, so what ended up happening from there is I said, wait, what if we just, what if I just trained more of me? And so, so we decided to, uh, to scale, not just with agents but we actually scaled an ISA team within, within the brokerage. And it got so popular that uh, agents started wanting to become a part of our, our a referral program. And then the momentum, we could not stop it. So, like, we ended up slowing the growth of the brokerage down at first, because our ISA model became so popular. And then we ended up, uh, we ended up scaling that out to 70 inside sales agents, where we were doing referrals and prospecting all over the country, for an elite group of about 700 agents um, that that we that we brought on that were really good at what we did and. Within a three-year period, uh, that broker-to-broker referral model went from doing, doing about a million dollars in revenue the first year to almost $15 million in revenue three years later. And so we hit, we hit the Inc. 500, and then I woke up one day, and I was absolutely exhausted, uh, and I, I wasn't happy, and we were managing, we had, I had 120 employees, and I'm like, wow, like, what, what, what did we create? (laughs) Right. And and I think it's a lesson to everybody because everyone gets excited about growing a big business, but you gotta be careful. You do it the right way. Right. And uh, on the way up, we can maybe talk more about that, but so make a long story short. I, I I came across some really cool technology. I wanted to become a technology first type of company. Um, so through, through an exit strategy, we sold off the broker to broker referral arm, uh, of the company and began to retool and uh, rebrand as real estate, really home advisors, and uh, kind of scale the brokerage for a period of time, for a couple of years, while I was reinventing and creating Real Estate Nexus. And uh, so that's kind of the backstory. I know it's long, but you know that's that's kind of where I'm at today. So my passion is is helping uh, helping real estate uh, real estate agents kind of have a full scope, not just generating leads, but converting leads and making sure the client's happy along the way. So,
1: okay, and so and let me digress for just a second. Uh, the brokerage is based out of Boca Raton, Florida, but you're in Rochester. Were yep. you in Rochester when all this was going down in 14 or were you in Boca? What's the connection there?
0: Yeah, so basically there was a merger that happened along the way with with the broker broker and that's how Boca happened. And a lot of it was because the broker because the broker to broker footprint was growing so fast, I needed to partner with somebody to make sure we could pull off the brokerage and and the marketing company kind of simultaneously. So that's where the Boca connection comes so, from. So
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but what I hear you saying uh-huh. is is you are like a wizard at figuring out how to make it rain, yeah. as your hat says. Uh, uh, and if those that aren't watching this, you can see it, his hat says Rainmaker. And okay. so it was just a logical transition to have or to be a part of a brokerage because this is who you're making it rain for. Is this Is this- That's, that's right.
0: That's right. Got it. Yep. said. Awesome. Yep. Got
1: it. Okay, cool. So, all right. Awesome. So here we are now and, and, um, you've now evolved. That's, that's fascinating. And I, I want to talk a hell of a lot more about that because I think a lot of ears perked up, uh, when you're saying all this stuff, because I think I know I'm thinking it and I'm sure our listeners are thinking it. All right, dude, like you're obviously the King of this. How can I equate this into my business? Yep. And so, yeah I know you well enough we just we just met not that long ago but we've gotten to know each other a little bit and and um, from what I understand you know you mentioned ISAs which that was not prevalent in 1415 it became really hot I feel like 17 18 19 and now it's like there's company after company of ISA companies yep. you've essentially built your own in-house ISA company, correct
0: Yes yep.
1: So for the brokerages that are out there that, and, and this, so I'm trying to think of which way is the best way to go with this uh, is talking in terms of, and maybe both to the broker team lead who wants to make it rain for their team. Because at the end of the day, folks, if you're a team leader or you're an individual agent, you either want to make it rain for your peeps or you want to make it rain for yourself. Yep. And you're going to learn something today about how to make it rain. And so I'm not sure what the perfect segue is. You probably know better yeah. than I. You probably talk about this a lot. Yep. Uh, into kind of where you are now and how this can apply to the everyday agent
0: yeah I'd, I'd like just talk I'd like to talk to the agent that's that is not messing around if that's okay they're 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 really they're really hungry to to scale they're really hungry to go to the next level maybe they're sitting at 30 transactions to 50 transactions somewhere around there that's really the client that I work with most okay. uh, and and my my passion it, because you, you come you, you at each level of your business, you come across different problems, right? Depending on where you're at, you've experienced, you've probably experienced that right. yourself. As you scale, there's different problems along the way, right? Um, I had different problems when I had ten employees versus when I had fifty employees versus when I had a hundred employees. There's different, there's different things and systems you got to put in along the way. So for for that small team, maybe you're a solo agent, you hired your first admin. One one of the things that's so important is is uh, maybe a shift in thinking on how you view yourself and view your business. And maybe I can speak to that a little bit where my conviction in in our industry is that largely we're taught to kind of build our our business off of a methodology that's well known called the sales funnel, right? And largely what we do is uh, we go out and generate leads some way, shape or form. And then what we do is we try to calculate how many leads we can convert. And then that produces a a result or a transaction. And there's nothing wrong with that. For the longest period of time, I, I made a lot of money off of that type of model. A lot of people have, and there's nothing wrong with it, but it, it, um, it, it's very limiting because it's very hard to build momentum with that methodology. I'm gonna use that word often, that methodology. It's a, it's a method where I believe today, especially because of the pressure that Zillow's putting on the market um the the um you know the all the tech companies coming to the table more competition than ever before we have to go to the next level with our client experience okay and we have to find ways to not just build a business and 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 get transactions but to actually put the client at the front of our business model okay at the center of it i should say and then not only focus on getting the transaction but make that client experience so freaking amazing that they become part of our sales force, they they, and that's how you gain momentum. And so the the analogy that I've uh, come up with is actually not my own; um, it comes from HubSpot, a very well known marketing company, and they did a study on some of the greatest companies in that that are scaling in a meaningful way. And the, and they're not all real estate related, but it, it applies to real estate. And I adopted it for my business where. Where basically you look to you look to generate a lead, but when you're when you're looking at you're looking at it, you don't think of it as a funnel. You think of it as more of like a circular motion, right? And that's where the flywheel analogy comes from. And so what happens with a flywheel? For those of you that have never heard of a flywheel before, it's a it's a mechanism that um, that uh, like the auto industry uses. A lot of different industries use it to create energy. And the, what happens is the faster the flywheel spins. Um, the more energy that it creates. And what happens is there's a focus on removing friction. That's a key word, removing friction to get the flywheel to spin faster. And the faster it spins, the more energy you're gonna create. And that analogy goes back to our business because if we look at our business as different friction points, right? And we're trying to get momentum. We're trying to get it going, going, going. And there's certain departments, if you will, or impact areas of our business in real estate that creates friction points that slows the business growth down. Right. And largely I'm going to break them down into three different buckets. There's more than this, but largely there's marketing, there's sales and then there's service, right? Those are the three things that really, if, if all of those are working together and then our technology, our operations, right. Our, our financial and legal systems, uh, All these systems around there are really there to support the growth of our business. Right. And, and really to support marketing sales and service. So what, what I do is what I encourage real real estate professionals that are looking to scale is take a hard look at those three things and ask yourself on a scale one to 10, how, how solid is your marketing plan? And what I mean by that, I don't mean that you have an idea of how much money you want to spend, but I mean, do you have a plan? like like we have where you know exactly what you're executing every single day in your marketing plan and is a written out in a in a in a systematized format hmm. because if you don't you're going to go to a you're going to go to great seminars you're going to listen to lab code agents and hear all this awesome information right and then you're going to take it back and you're gonna maybe do a, do it for a little bit. Nothing, it,
1: let's be honest.
0: Right, maybe nothing. And, or maybe it does, or maybe you try it, but it's actually gonna create more of a problem because it's not fitting in with your overall business plan. Of what, and, now, and now you're going in five different directions trying to do too many things. And so that's number one is taking a hard look at your marketing plan and make sure it's well mapped out. And then what you do is you, you use what my mentor called pig-headed discipline you have a mindset where you're so hyper-focused on making sure that marketing plan gets implemented every single day, no matter what, right? Whether you commit to doing a weekly video or whether you commit to doing a postcard campaign, whether you commit to making 40 calls, right? And everyone's got different personalities. Everyone's got different ways to, to go do it. And I, I, I believe in a, what I call a multi-channel marketing approach. And this is kind of where I'll end the marketing piece. Is if you're not using multiple channels of marketing, when you're trying to convert a client, you're missing out big time right now. It's not enough just to do email. It's not enough just to do video. You have to have it all come together sequentially. And that's where you're going to get your conversion in your, in your, with your marketing efforts. It's when you're going to maximize how many people are reaching out to you.
1: Well, let's talk about that for one, one quick second, yeah. because I think the first thing. So you, you're talking about uh, when we talk about marketing efforts, we're talking primarily about listings, uh, unless you're talking about attracting buyers. But you're talking about how you're going to market a listing. Like the thing that most real estate agents probably don't have a strong enough sales pitch or elevator pitch of when they go into that that listing presentation, or they're doing it digitally or whatever, that their pitch. Is either very antiquated, very traditional, maybe not confident, uh, not differentiating, and so when it comes to that, and from your perspective, what do you teach uh, an agent? Because I think a lot of agents are sitting there. If I asked, if you, 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 you and I both know, if I grabbed fifty yep. agents and said, "Give me your pitch right now, just okay. go," m- most are going to fumble. Yep. Or they're going to say just totally stupid crap, right? The typical yep. Tr- trash.
0: Yep. So I'm going, to get, I'm going to get into that in the okay. sales section, because right. that's part of the sales conversation, okay. if that's okay. Yeah. When I'm referring to marketing, I'm referring to converting people in your database and generating leads and, and making sure those leads are actually getting followed up on properly and converting, and then building a, an actual brand through social media, through video marketing, through text messaging campaigns. So when I say marketing, it's your whole marketing plan to generate and convert leads into appointments Got it. Is, is what I'm referring to. Thank you for that clarification. So one of the things that, so, so one of the things that's important is to make sure that you, you're not just generating leads, but you actually have a multi-channel marketing follow-up approach. Right. And that's kind of what I'm referring to is that you have essentially multiple ways to do it. You have direct mail, you have video marketing, right. You have text message, you have prospecting, right. And then you have another layer, which is really cool. It's artificial intelligence, which will actually help you do the follow up for you. That's what I've created. I've created an art- artificial intelligence system backed by a, a, a 24/7 inside sales agent, where the, the artificial intelligence will start talking to them, having conversation with them, and then the ISA will step in and book the appointment when it's appropriate. But you have multiple channels of marketing, and so just making sure that you're not just generating lead, but you have a really strong follow up system. Is the first part of the flywheel. So, um, any any clarification there needed?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that whole uh, AI conversation opens up another can of worms. Yeah. Of tell me more. I think that's the key right there.
0: Yeah. So here here's the thing. If you if you don't if you have trouble following up yourself and being consistent with your marketing plan, then you have to find ways to 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 uh, what. I would say, take that friction away because otherwise your flywheel, you know, your business is not gonna, it's not gonna build momentum because you're gonna be paying for a, a lot of money for leads. Or if you're, you're, you're developing a team, you're gonna be paying, you know, uh, paying for more leads and bringing team members on. And if their follow ups not good, then it's this massive gaping hole and cash just getting flushed and thrown out the window. And so a lot of times in marketing plan, the biggest gap is follow-up, right? As we all, you know, we've all experienced that in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So leveraging artificial intelligence is one way to fill that gap, and there's some amazing technology, not just mine, but there's amazing technology out there right now where when it hits your, your CRM, you can trigger to have, uh, to have a, uh, the, your AI bot start having a conversation with the buyer or the seller and then uh, and then basically warm that lead up enough for you to step in and book the appointment or even book it can even book the appointment for you like my software does. where, where a lot of gaps are though is sometimes the, the sometimes they want to talk to a real person right And if you're not if you're not there to do it right then and there, you can lose out on that on that opportunity. And so where I've filled in the gap is I have inside sales agents all over the country available 24/7 and they'll step into that conversation, they're watching, so they get triggered, they see the conversations happening. And when it's appropriate, they'll actually step in, turn the bot off, start texting and ask him if it's okay to call. And then they'll pick up the phone, call it and then book the appointment. And it's all happening in in that environment. Wow. So um, it's a really, it's a really cool. It's just one of the services that we offer. And um, that that is within what that is
1: within real estate nexus?
0: Yes, that's within the real estate nexus. Yep. That's so,
1: so so, let me just ask this and then I'll ask this multiple times, but if I'm an agent and I'm thinking to myself, all right, dude, do not need to say any more? Like yeah. I'm interested. And by the way, this isn't the only platform like this, but I think the way you articulate it and the way it's set up, yep. it does certainly, if you have never heard of this before, climb out from the rock that you're underneath and get with it because this is like legit stuff. Like this is the kind of stuff. If you're driving leads, if you're doing Legion, you cannot touch the level of service that AI can, and right. then when you couple it with ISAs that are twenty four seven, I mean, hashtag game changer. And oh, by the way, I think you guys have heard about what Zillow's trying to bash you. Yep. This there's no better way to compete and combat that than this kind of stuff right here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because the the thing is, is Zillow's attacking the client experience. I just watched the video last last night um, that LabCodes did, that Tristan did about yep. how Zillow's attacking attacking the client, the client experience and how they can make the client experience better. A lot of people forget this, but your client experience starts with, with how good your follow-up is in the beginning of the conversation and what you're doing on your, on when that first lead comes in and how good you are at handling that lead in the very beginning. That's when the client experience starts, not when you land that contract. And most agents don't think about it that way. That's where the client experience starts. And so, and, and so what, that's why we focus on sales automation first and then it, and then adding a layer to AI next, and that's your that's kind of your marketing piece. So that's the first component of the flywheel. So you you look at this friction model. You go you try to take as much friction away as possible. So now you should have a bunch of appointments, right? Um, you should be getting more appointments. So with this methodology, let me
1: stop you real quick. Yep. When it comes to the actual lead gen, though, yep. because like the AI doesn't mean anything if you don't have a lead. Yeah. Yep. Do you have, do you guys support that help with that? Or do you just basically say you, you come in, I'm assuming you're coming in with the leads already or yep. how does that work?
0: There's a lot of great partners out there. Um, we, we, our conviction is is, is the, the real estate industry doesn't need another lead generation company. Right? So Uh, That's our conviction because there's so many good ones out there um, that you can do that. Uh, I know you guys sponsor some great lead generation companies, or at least you're, you're, you're networked with them. My, my experience is that the, the, the industry doesn't have a lead generation problem. They have a follow-up problem. We, we, we just have a follow follow up methodology that needs to be in place. And that's where the marketing plan comes in. It's, it's having a, having follow-up as a, as, as a, a non-negotiable part of your marketing plan uh, needs to be there because that's where the friction is in your business. It's yeah. what's slowing it down from getting more transactions. And it starts with getting more appointments. And if you adopt this methodology, our clients usually see or agents that I consult usually see they can get to the point where they're doing an additional appointment or two a day from depending on how many leads they have coming in. But it, you, can, you can seriously bring your business to the next level by just focusing on having a strong fall plan.
1: I love so, it, man. And, yeah, and I and looking at your your site, like you're talking about, like a y lopo which is which is a common common yeah, platform. Yeah, well,
0: and great great company, uh, Chime. Another another great company. What, what, what about
1: what about like Facebook leads, which are you know have become known as fairly fairly junky, but yet still an amazing resource. But I think the reason why people consider them junky is because they have a terrible follow up system to nurture that lead through the process, because they're also top of funnel.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because um, really, at the end of the day, if you want a lead that's more uh, at the bottom of the funnel, you're don't gonna, we all?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Come right.
0: You're going to pay more though, and 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 here's the thing: if your follow-up isn't good, you're going to pay more for something that's not going to convert anyway. So it, it's kind of a, it's kind of like it, it it doesn't no matter which way you look at it. If the follow-up's not there, you're going to pay for a lead that you're not going to convert either way. Right. And maybe you get some more low hanging fruit. So it just barely covers the cost of, of doing it. Right. And you can you kind of justify yourself to, to keep doing it year over year because you see, OK, yeah, I paid 20 grand or 50 grand a year for Zillow. And I got, you know, you know and I got 10 transactions. So I guess I can justify it. But you know, but at the end of the day, that should number should be double <laughs> for that that spend if the follow ups there. And it's the same thing with social, with, with with Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. You got to nurture them longer. They're not, they're further down. They're, they're further up on the funnel. You got to nurture them longer, but look at how fast you can build your database. Yeah. Look how fast you can build your database for three, four, $5 a lead. I, I mean, I think it's like, it's like $8 a lead is the expectation right now, you know, but it, it really kind of depends uh, on what type of campaign you're running. But if your follow-ups there, you're going to make a killing. Yeah. You're going to make a killing. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Carry on. Cool. So then, so the next part of the flywheel methodology is once you're, once you're engaging them and you're, you're getting the appointments set up, you got to make sure you have a really good uh, sales process in place. And this is something that I think with the advent of technology and marketing and all the cool tools that are out there and all the great techniques, I think in a lot of ways we've lost the fundamentals and, and the fundamentals aren't being trained and coached and talked about enough. And those fundamentals I've put together are seven step methodology that I teach to agents. Usually within three months, their conversion skyrockets by going through the seven steps really quickly. It's building rapport and qualifying, number one. Building value, number two. Creating desire, right? Desire to move forward sooner than later by maybe poking some holes in in what they are thinking or speaking to their pain and motivation. Then, uh, then the fourth one is making sure that you have, you're, you have trial closes. You know, you're going through trial closes and, and you're, you're assuming uh, the sale. You're assuming the appointment. You're assumptive you're with your language. You're enrolling them. And then number five is make sure you have a, a solid uh, ability to overcome the most common objections that you know you're going to get every single day. But knowing how to overcome them without being pushy or sleazy or sounding too salesy, but really doing it in a, in a consultative way. That's number five, overcoming objections. And then number six is the follow-up, is making sure that you you yourself you're not expecting technology to do all the follow-up for you, but you still have that human touch with your follow-up. And then number seven is met your metrics. You know, if you can't track it, you can't. If you're not tracking it, you you're not going to improve it. And, and, and if you're, if you really hyper-focus on those seven steps as a professional and you, I have a little scorecard where I scale, I used to scale myself when it was just me, Jeff, on a scale one to 10, every time I'd interact with a client in any way, I'd, I'd score myself through those seven steps or at least the first five or six. Mm-hmm. And I'd be honest with myself on a scale one to 10, how, how much rapport or did I, did I really have with that person? How well did I qualify them and get their pain and motivation, ask the right questions. And I did that every single time religiously for like two years straight. And my conversion just skyrocketed. It just, it just skyrocketed and, and you you get to the point where like, you don't have to even think about any scenario. You just know what you're going to say when you're going to say it. And now you can have authentic conversations because you're in the conversation yeah. because you're not thinking about what you have to say next. And And, and, uh, but yet you have all the psychology there.
1: In other words, you honed your skills. I mean, you, you, that's right. It's almost like doing what becoming a better podcast host. I had listened to my podcast to become better at it.
0: That's right. Right. If you never went back and listened to your podcast after you did it, yeah. Right. Your learning curve probably would have been totally different. Right. Right. So, so, but as a professional, it is, is important as the marketing is, we have to make sure that we have, you know, we have really good consultative. Professional sales skills that that we're we're able to go out and implement, right? And so and and that will that will speed up the firewall even more, right?
1: So before and, before you go on though, repeat those seven steps just one more time, right? in case anybody's taking notes and they missed something. Just go through the seven real quick.
0: Absolutely. Um, so it's uh, building building mm-hmm. sorry building rapport and qualifying, building value. Mm-hmm what's unique about you versus other agents, yep. right?
1: Differentiation, yep.
0: Creating urgence, urgency. Desire, yep. Desire, yep. Yeah. And then um, your trial close or assuming the appointment, your trial close. Um, and then over five is overcoming objections. Mm-hmm. Six is follow-up and seven is tracking your metrics. Mm-hmm. Got it, love it.
1: And even, and, and I, I still actually think the most important point of all of that was how he explained that he went back and measured himself. How many of you agents are doing that uh, on the regular?
0: Yeah. And, and, and just being honest with yourself, right. And, put, and putting yourself in an environment where you're part of good people too that, that uh, you can get honest feedback with, you know, one of the things that's why I created our group coaching platform. For our clients. So you come on board with real estate nexus. You're part of a community of people that we're going over a different part of the flywheel every day. We're going over marketing it. We, we do role play. We do, we handle objections. We go through every scenario you can think of, and we use the seven steps to kind of go, go through, go through it and hone skills. And it's so cool. The stories that come out of it. I yeah. I just get such a kickoff at of when they're like, Yeah, I landed that four sale owner. I didn't think I was gonna be able to get it because but because of that coaching session and how you overcame that objection, Bob, I got it and we're working together as a community. You know, it's it's a really cool thing.
1: Do you think that too, too many agents are so caught up in the actual generation of the lead that they don't spend enough time focusing on what we just talked about, which is really Yeah. It's, it's, it's the the same concept. Like Michael Phelps didn't become the best swimmer in the world because he didn't spend an ungodly amount of hours in the swimming pool. Right. Yeah. Michael Jordan in in the gym.
0: Yeah. I think that's where my passion comes from comes Jeff. Like if you just in a nutshell, you just said it is that, um, that we, it's a lot easier to focus on lead generation because we don't have to look at ourselves, Right. And, and we don't have to look at it. We, We can always say, well, it didn't work because of that. And if that didn't work, then I can just go and try that. And it's, it's a, uh, it doesn't force us to look at what, uh, what we're doing on a daily basis. When the reality is, is if we don't own take 150% ownership of our own results, then it's going to slow our momentum down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, where it comes. Yeah. I, I would agree with you hundred percent is that if we hyper focused on improving ourselves first then then we're going to maximize the tools and the technology that's available to us but if you look at the people that are still struggling in a world where we have the most leverage ever in the history of humankind through technology and marketing it's the people that have all the greatest tools but they still haven't honed their craft in yet they're not they're not you know what i mean so and, and just taking an honest being honest with ourselves and being being coachable I would say to the to what the best practices are in the industry love it so
1: awesome awesome so
0: then then there's there's the final there's kind of the final stage is when you've once you you know you're honing your skills in right you're you're getting better at conversion you're putting systems in place to to make sure that you're 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 in a place where you're Creating less friction with your with your flywheel, so your momentum is building. And this is really for a lot of people. What I see that people are either really good with this part and really bad at the lead, at the lead generation and conversion part, or they're they're really or vice versa. Like they're they're great with their clients. They're great when they get a client, they give them an awesome experience, but they're not good at the front end of it, right? Um, or they're they're really good at the front end and they get the sale, and they just don't think too much about the client experience, right? So it's about bringing, it's about bringing it all together. And that's where uh, over the past two years, especially, I have, I have just really done a lot of self-reflection in my own companies and looking at the industry as a whole and just looking at coming from a place of, of giving, providing value, contributing to people in general. And I've, I've gone all out on the client experience. Meaning like I pay my customer service people almost as much, if not more as some of my salespeople in my, in my, in my, in tradi- my, in my corporate business, I am thinking I am, I am obsessed about the client experience when we bring on a new agent, uh, we just brought brought on a new listing agent in our expansion team. And, and if you look at a lot of training and, and a lot of training manuals, there's very little talking about the experience that they're there it should be their obligation to provide that experience. And so we've restructured all of our training manuals to make sure that from the first contact, they're thinking about the client experience and and trying to teach our agents to to have that approach first. And and so what what that's you know what what that that's doing is when you when you create, you know, we hear the term raving fans, right? But it's a long-term strategy. It's not a, you don't see the effects of this overnight. And that's why a lot of people don't stick with it, right? Because it's not as gratifying as just getting the sale. But but if you stick with this method where you really just think of about every point you can serve a client, you know, a good example is it doesn't matter what tool you use, but if you have a listing and that client should know at all times without having to contact you with technology today, that client should know exactly what's happening with with their home. And what you're doing to market it, and what where you're at in the transaction, then they should not have to contact you. Yeah, I mean, as one example, right? Mm-hmm. With with the way technology is today, and that is delivering a client experience. And then when you come across with this that spirit of giving and reciprocity, and really try, or I should say, just wanting to add as much value as you can, I should say, um, then it comes back to you, and you create that client. Then becomes part of your sales force. Yeah. And if you do that, you know, part of your team, if you do that over and over and over and over again, um, then that's how you build momentum in your business because you're good at all, all three of them. And it is a challenge. It's, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you want to be great and you want to not have to ever worry about Zillow or ever ever worry about what technology is coming your way, adopt this flywheel methodology, hyper-focus on your marketing, sales, and service with the client, at the center. And think of ways to constantly innovate and, and get better at serving the client, and you will have favor. You will have abundance. You will have wealth. It will come to you. It take, It's going to take hard, hard work and focus, but uh, you you will have you will have abundance no matter what road is ahead of you is my conviction.
1: I can't um, I can't imagine that too many people think like that. Just that, and you've said that multiple times have your client become a part of your sales force. We don't think like that. Right. And and I think we do maybe <sighs> on accident, maybe not intentionally, right? Unintentionally. And so, but when you think that way, then you couple that with the conversations that are happening throughout the real estate industry right now, which at, at right. recording, we're at the very end of February, this won't come out for a little while. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be some some something that has happened to the yeah. great- the great to Zillow by then, but this isn't the end of the conversation about Zillow or whatever else is next, the Amazon, whatever, right? The iBuyer. And and the reality is, is that those of you that are fearful for that clearly don't follow the methodology of an Isaiah Colton. And he's not the only one, but I mean, obviously what he's doing with, with focusing on that client experience that is the way that you combat that and you are not even slightly worried and Isaiah you and I and we know a lot of agents yeah. that aren't even remotely worried about it in fact they're laughing yeah at the thought yeah. of this they're laughing at the commentary but they're paying attention yep. they're constantly evolving they're getting better and they're realizing I still have an advantage over a robot and I'll, I always will that's okay? right
0: and that, and that's really powerful because a lot of people are doing you know to your point a lot of great agents are already doing a lot of what I'm talking about here today. Right. And that's what largely what's made them successful to your point, why they're not really that afraid, no matter what happens, because, because they're running a business, how a business should be run. Right. And, and, but I just also think that there's a lot of good agents. They've made it through hustle. They've gotten to where they are through hustle. They've had success. They got some money in their bank account, but they haven't completed the circle. They haven't haven't adopted the whole picture yet. And there's a lot of agents out there. And and in my opinion, that's who I'm trying to speak to today is you are a great agent. You provide a a great service, but you're looking to go to the next level and you're trying to figure out how to do it. And I would submit to you that if you adopt this methodology, this flywheel methodology, you're going to get there a whole lot quicker. But more importantly, you're going to have the future is very bright for you.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. I love it. So, uh, how would you, as, as we're, we're coming long on time here, how would you summarize for those that that um, have kind of gotten lost in their own thoughts? Yep. How would you summarize that flywheel again so that they can go back, write down some notes, yep. know you can go to this point in the podcast and summarize <coughs> it? How would you summarize it?
0: Draw a circle. I'm going to do it. Yeah, draw a circle. Yep. And then in that circle, try to break it up into three, into three parts, if you will, hmm. three even parts. And then in each, at each part, write Marketing sales and service. Perfect. And then on the outside of this, uh, on the outside of the circle, write All the gaps that you can see in your business when it comes to your, your marketing plan as a whole, all the things that you think are going well and what you need to work on. And then do the same thing for sales all the things with your lead conversion your your that whole process that you your your own personal skills maybe the skills of your team write those out things are going well what you need to work on and then do the same thing with your client experience and the third one and all the things that you can do in your mind that you can work on to make sure they're having a better experience and what you can do to get your clients to come back to you and generate more referrals. And now you have a roadmap. And all you do is you take that simple piece of paper and there's your business plan. There's your, what I would call a sales and marketing plan. And then what you do is you, you create projects, whether through a a Trello board board or whatever methodology tool that you want to use. And what you do is you map them out and you don't take on too many projects at one time. But you methodically pick the one that you think is going to be the biggest mover for you. Every business is different, so there's not it's not a, a a cut and dry exercise. But whatever one you can identify that's going to be the biggest mover for you, you attack it and you go after it. And then once you've mastered that that project and you got it integrated, then you go on to the next one, right? And you're slowly removing the friction points from your business. And as you move each one, you should see your transactions continue to go up along the way. Beautiful. So if somebody
1: wants to connect with you, um, and they want to, you know, they want to cheat. They're like, you know what, this is amazing. I'm never going to follow through. I'd rather just somehow connect with Isaiah. What is the best way to do that? Where's the best places to go to learn more? Give it to us.
0: Uh, you can go to, you can go to my website, IsaiahColton.com. Um, that's what I, what I would say my, the, the where I keep all of the information that I talk about is uh, at IsaiahColton.com. And then I actually give you a copy of my sales and marketing playbook. Ooh. Um, you can, you can check it out. And it's 300 pages of of every method that you could possibly think of to help you along this journey of, of transforming your business from, kind of the sales funnel methodology to, to creating something that's meaningful and scalable, creating a business that's scalable has purpose and is very profitable along the way. So you can go there. Um, you'll have an opportunity, um, to get my book. Uh, you can actually get it for free. You get the digital copy of it for free along with a really cool business productivity dashboard where you can sync all of your business tools to the dashboard and, um, and, uh, and then you can just download it and have fun with it. That's I think the best way to communicate and we can go from there.
1: Let me spell that for you. It's dot com. Isaiah Colton Colton is O N.com. Uh, dude, that is amazing. I assume they can find you on the social media if they so choose, where's the best place to connect with you there?
0: <laughs> go to Facebook and type in lead conversion guy the lead conversion guy. You'll find all my stuff pull up. Um, that's kind of my my thing. I'm, I'm really, I have a really strong conviction and that's I think where my passion and where, where I'm best, what I'm best at training is on lead conversion as a whole. And you'll, you'll find all sorts of stuff, videos, my webpage, a whole bunch of stuff pop up on Facebook, so. Lead conversion
1: guy on Facebook. I love it, yep. dude, that's uh, very appropriate.
0: Awesome, man. Well, uh, any uh, parting thoughts? No, well, I, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Um, this is a very passion. I'm very passionate about this topic because of what it's done for my life personally, but also the agents that I've seen adopt it and have it come together and see, um, you know, see how they're able to go upgrade the card, put their kid in the college that they want to. And and the nice thing is, is your life actually becomes less stressful once you get these systems in place. Um, and you can do more in less time. And so, that's why I'm very passionate about it because I've seen it work and see it see it happen. And I just thank thank you for having me on to talk about it.
1: Absolutely, brother. This has been uh, awesome. I feel like we probably needed another hour or two to continue oh, yeah. talking about this. Yep. <laughs> uh, th- this <laughs> is fantastic. But I think I think it's really it really summarizes a, a a a place where most real estate agents need to get their head and they need to wrap their head around it and and look yeah. in the mirror and say is this is this how I've been thinking, and and then from there do I have am i am i maximizing the tools that i could potentially have and uh, they should go check out your stuff and i need to get some of that swag that you're wearing uh, because (laughs) i'm a swag guy so
0: absolutely
1: uh, isaiah you the man i appreciate you and uh, look forward to uh you know continuing to collaborate uh, together as well yeah same to you lab coat nation don't forget every thursday we are adding episodes dedicated to helping you grow your business with social media we call it drunk on social and our goal is to help you stay ahead of social media trends and get the latest news and strategies that are working for other agents tune in this Thursday and let us know what you think
0: this episode is brought to you by Street Text where you can run Facebook ads that actually work they're ready to go Facebook ads that include landing pages text message assistance through AI drip emails capture forms and best practices join Street Text at
1: StreetTax.com.
0: Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.